Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Dr. Fiona Lovely here. Thanks for listening. This is Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. And today I'm going to talk to you about pelvic power, about the topic of heavy bleeding and hysterectomies. And I would like to thank the listener who emailed me this week and asked me to do a podcast on this very topic. So here we go. As you know, my job for you is to present the truth in women's health care. And there's a lot of miscommunications, misunderstandings, and giant gaps in treatment options, or even explanations for why women have some of the things we're going to talk about today. So let's dive right in. So first things first, the organs of the pelvis, that is the uterus, ovaries, those organs uh, manifest the, there are emotional centers and they manifest the um, uh, presence, if you will, of the emotional chakra, the second chakra. And which is the sacral chakra is another way we call it. And and that is um, the area where we're given the option to birth things, to be creative. And women being emotional creatures, this area of our body represents our personal power, our greatest power, more than any other area. So... This is a fascinating thing. Men have nothing really that is even close to this. So, um, but we live in a culture where we don't really embrace this power. In fact, it's often the cause of great shame for us. We're shamed for being uh, wild, sexual, emotional creatures. And I hope that some of the information I'll share with you tonight will help you to change your own mind. Um, And certainly share healthy, uh, emotional, uh, center information with your daughters and the other young women in your life and start to change it for yourself, hopefully too. So as I've said, men can't have this. It's our evolutionary gift from mother nature. And that is the ability to create and nurture and nourish life with our own bodies. So Even when we are past our childbearing years, we still have to uh, siphon that creative energy or it comes from the pelvis. And uh, that is something we must always pay attention to is our creative pursuits. And that's how it manifests once we're into perimenopause and beyond. I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. So uh, a couple of uh, details about the actual procedure. So a hysterectomy can be a few different versions. So the complete hysterectomy is the removal of the ovaries, the fallopian tubes, and the uterus. Um, This is essentially referred to as female castration in the medical literature. And isn't that just lovely? Let's have a moment for that. 
I'm trying to think of a medical procedure that would include male castration. And I suppose other than removal of a testicle, um, it doesn't really happen. So even if you have one testicle gone, you still have another one. Anyways, uh, I'm waving the feminist flag a little bit at you, but that kind of thing just makes me a little nuts. Why is it acceptable to do it for one gender, but not the other? So um, removal of ovaries, fallopian tubes, and the uterus. That's a complete hysterectomy. Now, one of the things that's more recently being done is something called a subtotal hysterectomy in which the cervix is left intact. Now, that's the part of your anatomy that's at the top end of the vagina. That's the inside portion of you, okay? And typically the way these were done was the hysterectomy was done in such a way that the cervix was removed and the um, top end of the vagina, vaginal pouch was sewn shut. And of course, what that does is it reduces the length of our uh, vagina and of course, that would change our sexual function. Um, so the subtotal hysterectomy um, keeps the cervix intact while the body of the uterus is removed. Uh, and then there's something called the oophorectomy, which is the removal of ovaries only. So a hysterectomy is the second most performed surgery in the United States. It generates billions of dollars of revenue for the hospitals that um, perform them. Uh, 90% of the hysterectomies that are done are non-life-threatening or done because of non-life-threatening reasons. Usually, it's because of heavy bleeding associated with fibroids and endometriosis, which are, of course, of course are a manifestation of estrogen dominance and or progesterone insufficiency. However, most medical practitioners will not be aware that that is the causative factor of the fibroids or endometriosis. Um, their point of view is more, hey, we have a diseased organ, let's remove it. So um, that's a, a, a super important thing to think about is when you have the lifestyle uh, disruption of heavy bleeding, uh, so not fun, let's have a moment for that totally disruptive and totally isolating and totally scary and really not great options on how to deal with it uh, unless you're talking to a functional practitioner then what happens is you have um, you feel like the only option is hysterectomy or removal of the female uh, reproductive organs. So something I want you to consider with this, if this has been presented to you, likely you're not hearing this little nugget of information, which I think is a game changer. When you remove the uterus, but leave the ovaries, because here's what I hear most commonly from women in my practice. They say, well, my doctor left my ovaries and said I was going to be okay because they produce my hormones and my hormones would continue to operate. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Therefore, I wouldn't go into early menopause. But all of a sudden, they find themselves very quickly, often within 24 hours of the surgery, with hot flashes, night sweats, brain fog, uh, achy joints, um, dry eyes, feeling like you're going to lose your mind. I mean, there's a whole lot of other things that can go along with that. And the reason why that happens is this. The uterus, that's the body 
of the female reproductive organs where you actually would carry out a pregnancy or where um, your menstrual bleed comes from. Its job, uh, its blood supply, the uterine artery, is also the blood supply to the ovaries. So when you take the uterus out and its blood supply, you automatically cut off 90% nutrition, oxygen, blood flow from the ovaries. So essentially you're having a 90% atrophy of ovarian tissue overnight. No wonder you're having hormonal symptoms. And here's the irony of that. I mean, you, you literally go from, from jump out of the fire, uh, into the frying pan, out of the fr frying pan, into the fire, I think is the expression. It's you're going from, I've got hormonal chaos on one end, so let's just take it out. And on the other end, you're going, well, shit, are you serious? So yeah, my heavy bleeds have stopped, but now I'm in full blow menopause and I'm even more miserable than I was before. But quite often women aren't being told that this is a very real possibility. And I suspect it's because there's a lot of physicians who aren't even aware about the ovarian blood supply um, from the uterine uh, arteries. So Again, it's really a, um, um, are you being properly informed? It's always a good idea to get a second opinion if you're being told your hysterectomy is your only option. Um, it used to be that quite often I would hear from women that they were having an, uh, a uterine ablation or um, a laser removal of the lining of the uterus, <clears throat> excuse me, which would actually uh, help with the heavy bleeds of endometriosis. But it seems to me that's fallen out of favor um, for the insertion of the uh, IUD that has the hormones embedded in it. That's the progestin embedded in the Mirena IUD, it's called here in Canada. And unfortunately, that has its own side effects, which uh, we can deal with in another podcast. Um, refer to any information I've given to you on uh, the topic of progestin or synthetic progesterone, and that will be the kinds of side effects you're looking at with that. So again, women are really being mismanaged because nobody's really putting the research into why are these things happening and how can we help it? And we're still using old... Uh, research and pharmacology and procedures on women in perimenopause. So it's no wonder we end up more frustrated than not. And I, it's frustrating for physicians too, I imagine, um, who don't understand really how they can help their patients more completely. So, um, you know, Dr. Northrup, I think was the first one who introduced me to the idea that when a woman is heavy bleeding, um, there's a huge emotional component to that. And so um, let me give you a little bit of more of the emotional component of, of heavy bleeding. So she says fibroids in particular and heavy bleeds. We are at risk for fibroids when we direct our creative energy into dead end relationships we have outgrown. Typically that's either a spouse or a work relationship. Again, because the the reproductive centers are the reproductive organs for women are the second chakra or the emotional center of our bodies, we must be creative every day, no matter what. If we're not birthing babies, then we need to be birthing ideas or things or processes. That's a super important part of what Mother Nature has given us um, with our physical selves. 
So Dr. Northrup goes on to say, are you leaking your energy into a relationship or a job that no longer serves your needs? Are you giving more than you're receiving? Is someone or something draining you or becoming an emotional vampire? Just so interesting, isn't it? I think most of us can uh, put a finger on that very thing in our lives right now. And you're probably thinking about it right now as I talk to you about it. So look at that and say, is this serving me? How can I change it? How can I get rid of it? That's an important part of assessing why it is your heavy bleeding um, fibroids or endometriosis are even present. So if you've already had a hysterectomy, what I'll say to you is this. There is research that shows that women who have had a hysterectomy can have a significant improvement in their life function. It doesn't always go bad in terms of menopause um, overnight. It just depends on how young you are and how many, how much of your hormones were still being produced by the ovaries versus the other uh, organs, uh, adrenal glands, etc., that um, take over at a certain point in menopause. So, um, you know, look at it and say, what have I learned from this process? What can I go? What are the lessons I can take forward with uh, this? I think something else that needs needs to be mentioned is that uh, when you're talking about heavy bleeding endometriosis, fibroids, uh, you are dealing with an estrogen problem, which I have mentioned. Now, the removal of the uterus or the organs that are manifesting the trouble uh, of estrogen dominance does not remove the estrogen dominance, kids. You still have to deal with that because now what happens is you start to get other symptoms coming up like uh, depression, like anxiety, like gallbladder issues, because high levels of estrogen make the bile sluggish and now your gallbladder is a problem. Chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, those kinds of things can really be an issue. Even if you take out the uterus, you still have to deal with the estrogen dominance that's causing the problem. So I say, if you're at the place where you're wondering, should I have uh, a hysterectomy? Find a functional medicine practitioner like myself who can help you deal with the estrogen dominance because it can be done and it is just a process that um, requires some lifestyle changes and really not the scary stuff the kind of stuff that's supportive is going to make you a better person anyways some supplementation some real truth about the relationships in your life Okay. All right. So as I like to finish always, I want to give you some uh, nuggets to help you um, work through any creative blockages you're having now, any heavy bleeding issues you're having now um, to help you regain your pelvic power as a woman. And uh, hopefully some suggestions that can help you if you're facing this decision for hysterectomy now. So number one, be creative daily. It doesn't matter what that is. It is not for you or anyone else to judge that. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it is uh, childcare. Maybe it is basket weaving or flower arranging or taking apart the car and building it back up again. Okay. Maybe it's writing your memoirs. It's important for us as women to be creative daily. Three orgasms a week. We've talked about this one before. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, I'm giving you a fun assignment. This is good homework. Again, you don't have to involve your spouse. That's something you can take care of yourself probably far quicker and less messy. Anyways, uh, number three, em- embrace your glorious emotional self. Rise up in your power, sisters. We are the creative force of the universe. Feel that energy in your body. It's going to start over the sacrum or the bone that is just above your bum crack, if you will. Feel it on the front side of you, just below your belly button. Feel the warmth, the heat there. That is our power as women, and it behooves us to get that flowing. You got a bleeding issue, you've got facing a hysterectomy, you're probably not letting that power flow. And usually it's because we judged our behavior as sexual beings, or we've carried the family pathology along that says good girls don't and, um, you know, women have to keep this stuff under control and etc. Okay, you know what that is. We've talked about that in other podcasts. Maybe it's religious baggage that's hanging on to you. Maybe it's mother baggage that's hanging on to you. It's time to let it go. Really is time to let it go. Okay, there are pelvic opening exercises that you can do, and I actually suggest that you Google them. Um, However, what I like to suggest and what I like for myself is yoga keeps uh, me flexible and limber in the pelvis and low back. Getting adjusted on a weekly basis by my chiropractor keeps me flexible and keeps um, my body moving and, and, and functioning optimally. Um, Dr. Um, actually, it was Regina Tomashower, who is Mama Gina. You may be uh, familiar with her. She has a new book out uh, right now called Pussy, a Reclamation, which I highly recommend every woman who's listening to this podcast, get this book and read it. Uh, she suggests doing pelvic circles to open the chakra. So wherever you are right now, just plant your feet and put your hands on your hips and just Make them go in a big circle. Believe it or not, you'll be surprised at what you feel, not just physically, but emotionally when you do this. Now, if you're sitting in a chair, you can do it as well. It's more of a, um, a just sort of a, a gyration, if you will. Um, again, have fun with it, right? It's it's sort of a, a reawakening, an opening, if you will. Um, stay flexible. Do your pelvic opening exercises. Open your chakra and your female essence. Address hormonal imbalances, estrogen dominance, before it becomes a massive and disruptive issue. It's far easier to deal with it when you first start to notice the signs of perimenopause uh, or heavy bleeding than later on when it becomes so massively disruptive to your life. You just want it done. In that place, we really don't make great decisions for ourselves. So see what works for you. Keep in mind uh, about this entire podcast and the information contained within. If cancer is a concern for you, not simply a perceived threat from your family history, but that you actually have uh, lab testing that shows that cancer could very much be the issue, the reason why you're having the issue, um, then removal may be your best option of the ovaries and uterus. But keep in mind, that's that's rare compared to the other reasons why women have their, uh, it may potentially have a hysterectomy. So um, keep that in mind. If cancer is a concern, then really removal may be your best option. Finally, I would like to say F you to female castration. 
show me the alternatives medicine, suggest lifestyle changes, help me with my diet, help me with my supplements, give me bioidentical hormones if I need it. But really, screw you. That's the best you can come up with. It's about time we start pouring some money into female health issues in perimenopause because these issues are massive. I talk about them every day. And for most people, there's not great solutions. So if you can see a functional medicine practitioner like myself, do so. And uh, that's going to be your best option to avoid the issues of heavy bleeding and hysterectomy. And for God's sakes, step up to your pelvic power. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Go to our Facebook page, Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast page. Also, you can find out more about me on my website, drlovely.expert. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your healthcare provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.